Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship.
The Old Testament lesson is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, beginning with verse 21. Do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain, and spreads them like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to nothing, and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth, when he blows on them, and they wither, and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me, that I should be like him, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see, who created these? He who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand for the gospel. according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Immediately, Jesus left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick and oppressed by demons, and the whole city was gathered at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and, Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And they went through all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues, and casting out demons. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. We continue with our hymn, hymn 803, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee.
May God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours today in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The text for the message this morning comes from our Old Testament reading. Let's pray. Most gracious God, we come into your awesome presence today. We hear your word of life and we respond with thanks and praise. And bless us with your wisdom, your power, and your strength. And as we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. Stories told about a new pastor getting into town, and he he was asked to lead a a graveside burial service for uh, someone, a poverty-stricken person who had no family or friends, and so he agreed to do that. Uh, but he was making his way to sort of an unfamiliar cemetery and, and made a lot of different wrong turns, and as it happened, he ended up about an hour late uh, to that place. At that point, the hearse was nowhere in sight. Uh, there, was, uh, there was a backhoe that was there uh, next to an open hole in the ground, uh, and the workmen were sitting under a tree eating lunch. The pastor began to feel pretty guilty about his lateness. He wanted to offer some kind of worship service anyway, and so he launched into this impassioned and lengthy service over the vault that had already been lowered into the grave. He said amen and returned to his car, and one of the workmen looked there, looked there and looked at the other person and said, you know, that is amazing. I have never seen anything like that at all. And I've been putting in septic tanks for 20 years. Okay, all right, we'll get it, all right. Let us sink in a little. Worshiping, right? Now today, all around the world, people are gathering in buildings uh, like this one or the one downtown. Some arrive in formal clothing, others in more casual attire. Some arrive in uh, Mercedes and Teslas, others uh, in cars that are held together by duct tape. Some are traveling by taxi, others by a wheelchair. Some meet in high arch cathedrals, some in humble wooden structures, some in mud huts and makeshift tents. Others are meeting secretly in someone's house for fear of arrest. Some attend churches where there's a, a huge crowd, others where there's just a few people present. Some arrive and help to prepare for the service, some lead the service, others to participate as part of the congregation. Others arrive with the sound of an organ playing, or others have inner churches where a keyboard and, and drums and guitars play the songs. Some attend services where a minister leads the service. Others who have no pastor to lead them, they have a maybe a supply pastor, or maybe one of the elders leads the worship service. In spite of all the variety within the Church of God today, people have assembled for one reason, to worship God. In some places, the organist will play too slowly or quietly or too fast or too loud. Some places, the preacher will be dull and dry and long-winded. Others, a, a powerful message is preached. Today, some people enjoy meeting up with their fellow Christians. Others sit alone and leave right after the service. All around the world, all these things and more are happening to people who, as, as people come to worship, and I'm, I'm sure some of those are, things are happening today too. But in spite of the circumstances, in spite of all the differences 
from congregation to the next one, they have come for one reason only, to worship God. The first thing we ought to answer is the question, why? Why do we worship? Why do we turn up here at church Sunday after Sunday? Now, I've heard a lot of excuses why people don't attend church. You know, I'm too busy, or it's the only day I can sleep in, or I had a bad experience at church with the church one time, so I don't go anymore, or the classic, there are too many hypocrites or sinners in church, to which my answer always is, well, you know, there's always room for one more. But there are, but there are, re but there are also reasons why some people do go to worship when their neighbors are packing up the boat for a day in the water. What are those reasons? Well, the word worship comes from an old English word, worship, meaning that God is worthy, that He deserves our praise. Worship is that response to all that God is and all that God says all that God does in our world and in our lives. When we really believe that God is worthy of our worship, nothing keeps us from coming, right? I mean, it's simply a matter of priorities. The reading from Isaiah points out pretty clearly that God is worth our praise and worship. He asks these questions. Do you not know have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the, uh, since the earth was founded that God is the one who sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and the people are, are like grasshoppers before him. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them like a tent to live in. To whom will you compare me or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? Who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls them each by name? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the weak. Even a youth grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. You see, Isaiah is reminding you and me just what kind of a God we have. Why is God worthy of our worship? Well, first, God is worth our worship because he has created all things, hasn't he? I mean, Isaiah is trying to put into human words, something that is beyond human words to describe. I mean, it's interesting in our world, especially in the science world today, uh, the, they're so focused on finding life everywhere else, right? And everywhere else in the universe or on other planets that it, they really don't consider the blessings of life that our God has created here. For so many people, the very fact that we are alive is understood only as just a cosmic accident. On the NASA website, I was looking this up this week, an article titled The Life on Earth, the author made this observation. So the window when life began was very short. As soon as life could have formed on our planet, it did, but if life formed so quickly on Earth and there was 
very little in the way of water and carbon-based molecules on the Earth's surface, then how were these building blocks of life delivered to the Earth's surface so quickly? The answer may involve the collision of comets and asteroids with the Earth, since these objects contained abundant supplies of both water and carbon-based molecules. And other videos, other articles that I was looking at suggest that these comets and meteorites are from far out in our galaxy, or maybe even as close as Mars. There was one that claimed that there was a meteorite from Mars that crashed on uh, the Earth that brought life to this planet. Really? Is that the easier thing to believe? Uh, can life really survive hurtling through the vacuum of space and into our atmosphere? What about the fact that life comes from God? God is our maker. He is the one who cares for us. He supports us in the, in the ups and the downs of life. And Isaiah says, he strengthens those who are weak and tired. Those who trust in the Lord will find their strength renewed. When, when grief, when pain, when confusion, when doubt, when heartache causes no end of suffering, God is our helper and our strength, isn't he? He is the one who lifts us up, as Isaiah says, on you know, wings like eagles above the crises and the tragedies that come our way. God is the one who has created all things. Secondly, God is worth our worship because he gives generously and lovingly. I mean, we come here, don't we? Because we want to thank and praise the one who has done so much for us without ever even being asked. We come here because we know that here in this place with his word, we can find help and comfort that we need after the events of our lives this past week. We desire this closeness of God to be reassured that we are God's dearly loved children and that his power and love are available to help us in our time of need. God gives and he gives and he gives. He, he is generous and he is loving. Thirdly, God is worth our worship because of what he does for Jesus. I mean, I, I think we can, even though we can only grasp in a, in a small way what it meant for God to come uh, to be with us upon the earth and become one of us, to let himself be humiliated, to suffer and to die at the hands of wicked people, I think we understand just enough to realize that God's love for us really cannot be measured at all, can it? He has gone to all this effort to destroy the one thing that would prevent us from enjoying eternal life. Paying the price for our sins. Making us clean and holy in his sight. He has done so much for us through Jesus. And finally, God is worth our worship because he brings us into his family. Doesn't he? Through simple water. The wonderful gift of baptism. God has given you and me his Holy Spirit to build up our faith, to, to guide us through our walk in life. In bread and wine and holy communion, God assures us that our, our sins are forgiven and that his love for us is still as strong as ever. God uses this moment to connect you and me to Jesus as we receive, as Luther said, uh, in with and under the bread and wine, the true body and blood of Jesus, that here we receive forgiveness, life, and salvation. I mean, if we're honest, we haven't deserved such retreatment, have do we? 
As I said at the beginning of Epiphany, this season is all about revelation. God reveals, God uncovers uh, these wonderful truths about Jesus. And here, through Isaiah, God reveals that he is worthy of our worship and our praise, all because of Jesus. What a wonderful God we have. When we come to worship with eyes wide open in amazement for all that he has done for us, uh, and when we need it the most, our God is an awesome God. What a wonderful and awesome Savior we have. We talk about worship. Worship is, <clears throat> read it one time, this is a great image. Worship is this great dance, if you will. We gather here to listen to God as he speaks to us, right? Worship uh, is coming here to be blessed, to strengthen and nurtured and reassured by God as we hear his word, as we speak his word. We also gather here to respond to God's blessings, right, in our worship. We pray, we praise, we give thanks uh, uh, for him. Worship is coming here to express this feeling of being awestruck in the best way that we know how. This is the kind of worship that comes from the heart. I mean, that's where worship starts and that's where real worship takes place, isn't it? I mean, our worship services are that dance, if you will, of God speaking to us and our response to him. And, you know, there's a lot of debate about what's appropriate for worship. Is the organ or keyboard or drums or guitars or, you know, so on and so forth. But my friends in Christ, worship is first and foremost a thing of the heart. Jesus made that point with the woman at the well, right? Uh, when she asked, well, what, where's the right place to worship in the church? Somewhere around Garrett. And Jesus said, well, place really is important. It's important is worshiping in spirit and in truth. Worshiping with sincerity and genuineness. So in worship we confess our sins in spirit and in truth. Well, we hear that word of God in spirit and in truth and open our hearts to open our hearts and minds. We, we respond as we pray praise and give thanks in spirit and in truth with unbounded joy. You see that's what God is looking for in our worship. Not simply going through the motions, singing the words, saying the prayers, but we do that with a heart touched and changed by Jesus. Now, if I'm honest, uh, I know there have been far too many times where I've done just that. I've spoken the liturgy, I've prayed, sung hymns, sung some of the songs on autopilot, right? And I would guess I'm not alone in that assessment. Because we can focus on the wrong things and let that, that dominate our worship. Let's set those things aside. Let's worship and praise God because of his goodness to us. Let's worship in spirit and in truth. Let's rejoice in the forgiveness of our sins and the wonder of, of such a great and awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. Let's worship. Let our worship be all about him and about what he has done for us. Let's worship our good and awesome God this day. Amen. Please stand. And now, may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Dear friends, let us confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed we confess together. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, 
the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.